1: And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. Every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Moson.
0: And I'm David Gura. Listen to the big take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday Podcast. In my twenties, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bette Rivers
2: let's go hold it with Vison it is the Denver City cast presented by bet Rivers went three and0 on my show plays on the mothership yesterday Vison and I'll be hosting on Vison again today rush hour four to five mountain time of a whole bunch of baseball bets we nailed that Rockies team total under two uh, that came pretty easily we will be talking about a lot of things today Broncos I want to talk about Tim Patrick for a moment. Jared Evans, Pro Football Focus, joins me. We'll go through uh, some of his thoughts on Broncos bets and some fantasy football. And, of course, my buddy Ian St. Clair, play Colorado. Who knows where we'll go? I'll guarantee you we're going to talk Broncos. We'll probably get into the abs. And I want to know what Coloradans are betting on now. What are we doing here in the summer? What are we going to bet on? Is it just baseball? Wimbledon? Let's find out. Uh, We've got some Nuggets news on Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., a Rockies bet, and some more thoughts on the Pac-12. But enough of previewing thing. Let's get right into this. Broncos and Tim Patrick, before we get into breaking that down, Russell Wilson still 15 to 1 to win the MVP, the Jet Setter. Boy, he's changed everything here. So I talked about the wide receiver pecking order of the Broncos back in April. And here were my thoughts back in April, okay? for really the, the final OTAs minicamp. So the Broncos have four wide receivers that could get work, but I see Sutton and Judy getting the most looks with Patrick third and then KJ Hamler. I said, I see Judy playing the locket role. Um, he has to stay healthy, but it could hit 80 catches in 1,000 yards. I see Sutton playing the DK Metcalf role, 80 catches, at 1,100 yards. And then I said, Patrick and Hamler will be used as secondary options. Okay. But now, let me tell you what I've dug up here. I see Patrick as the number two behind Sutton. And really, they've said as much coming out of camp. Now, a lot of that is because Judy hasn't worked with Russ as much. He was sidelined with the groin. He had the -the off-the-field thing that went nuts and, and really became a story when it didn't need to be a story. But I see Patrick as the number two now, especially after Judy missed that time. So, couple things as I dug deeper. Judy will be playing some slot. Russell Wilson really doesn't throw to the slot that often. He's not very good over the middle. He's better on the run. He's better outside the hash marks. He's great at a lot of things. He's not great at throwing over the middle. So that makes me a little hesitant on the Judy numbers that I threw out there, 80 catches and 1,000 yards. Okay? Second of all, why do I like Tim Patrick? Well, there's a few things here. I think he can play the locket role on the outside. He's led the Broncos in receiving yards and touchdowns over the last two seasons 1476 and 11 touchdowns. Uh, Russell Wilson, top two in end zone throws, three of the last four years. So he throws into the end zone, top two, three of the last four years. Well, guess what? Tim Patrick, 36% of the end zone targets last year, sixth highest rate among receivers. Boy, now he doesn't have to deal with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. He gets Russell Wilson. So I think Wilson can look for any of those guys, Patrick, Sutton, Alberto. But Patrick, to me, is going to be a guy he looks for, could lead the team in receiving touchdowns, Tim Patrick. He's been a beast on third downs. And I'm not saying Judy's going to be an afterthought. I just think that Patrick is primed for a good season because his skills are matching what Russell Wilson does well. So my thoughts on Tim Patrick, the arrow is pointing up. I can't wait until the season props come out for receiving yards, receptions, and touchdowns, because Tim Patrick is going to be a guy that I really target. That was number one on the Front Range 4, the four biggest sports stories on the Front Range. Let's get into some nuggets. Ah, yes, got some news on Murray and Porter Jr., the Nuggets, 20-1 to to win it all on BetRivers. Rivers. They're tied with Dallas and Memphis. Boston's the favorite at 5-1. to Jokic for a three-peat in the MVP. I, they're not going to give it to him. They just don't. They don't give guys three MVPs in a row. But he is 10-1 to if you think they might. Uh, he's tied with KD and Jason Tatum. is the favorite at plus 450. Hopefully there won't be a fat Luka this year because I think very good shot he wins the MVP. To me, it's Luka it's Giannis and possibly Embiid is the guys that I'll be looking at. Michael Malone, 25-1 to 1 to win Coach of the Year. For that to happen, I think Denver's going to have to end up with a best record, at least in the Western Conference, if not overall. No comeback player of the year, unfortunately, but two guys that would have been up for that award would be Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. Now, Denver Post was on the scene. They said... Murray went through parts of Tuesday's practice with the Nuggets Summer League team. Now the guy's been through practice. He's shot around. It's time to start seeing Jamal Murray go full force. The longer we wait without that, the more concerned that he's not that I'm I am with him not being ready for next season. That it's mental. Okay? He played, he had a little live action yesterday with Bones and Davon Reed. They were talking about college prospects, they were meeting the new guys, Christian Brown being one of them, and uh, the summer league coach, Ryan Bowen, said Murray was there by himself, and he just wanted to keep playing even the portion of practice that was open to the media, and after that, and it didn't happen, but Murray, positive. It's positive news coming out of there. Again, how do we really trust any of this news coming out on Murray because it's the same thing they've been saying since, I don't know, the last two months of the regular season, guys out there practicing, and they're still holding him back. They're still holding him back. Doesn't make sense to me. Something's off still. Uh, but the good news is we still got a couple of months till uh, training camp. So hopefully he gets better by then. On the other side, Michael Porter Jr., I've told you, I think if you're Calvin Booth, the GM, you got to be ready for a guy that's going to miss uh, double-digit games, 30, 40, 50. I don't know. You just have to have him healthy for the postseason. Uh, and according to MPJ's brother, John Tay, he tells the Denver Post... That um, he's looked great, Michael Porter Jr. has. Jumper is amazing, moving really well. So, you know, again, this is his brother talking. Uh, These two reports don't have me, this don't move the needle at all. I just wanted to bring the news out there. It's the same crap we've been hearing for months and months now, and we didn't see either one of them out on the floor. That's number two on the Front Range Four. Four biggest sports stories on the Front Range. Want to let you guys and ladies know Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook invites you to add some variety to your baseball bets with new same game parlays. Every game this baseball season, you can combine game bets and player props to create your perfect Bet Rivers combination. Whether you're looking to increase your payouts on favorites or make your own long shot, you can add a little extra spice to your game with some same game parlays at Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app now. And make your baseball same game parlays today. Also, don't forget, and every single Tuesday, you got to get into Bet Rivers twenty five percent, twenty percent profit boost, twenty percent profit boost on your MLB bets up to twenty five bucks. So, make sure you get in on that. Let's uh, remind you though, you got to be twenty one, located in Colorado, and if you have a gambling problem, please call 800-522-4700. Please, please, please. Let's get to the Rockies. I want to talk about them at the halfway point, point, then I'll give you another bet for tonight's game. We nailed it last night. I'm going to go back to the well on it. But at the halfway point, Rockies at 35-46 and 46, on pace for a 70-92 and 92 record. Preseason win total, if you'll remember, 67-and-a-half. <clears throat> last year's team, 34-and-47, so a game behind this pace. They finished 74-and-87, had a better second half. But they stink in a lot of ways. Uh, They can't hit on the road again. Now 15 home runs on the road against right-handed pitchers. Uh, That is still the worst in the league. 29th in weighted runs created on the road. 29th in OPS, lowest hard hit rate of any team in baseball. 29th in runs per game on the road at three runs per game. Only the Tigers are worse. The staff ERA is 4.99. I mean, you throw Coors Field into that, that's not awful. And overall, their 11th and run scores at 4.51, number one at home, uh, five, seven, set 5.77 runs at home per game. I think an all-star on this team has to be CJ Krohn, and he also has to be traded. You got to get a prospect for this guy. Come on, is he really going to be a big part of things going forward? Uh, when this team, if this team is good again in three years, I don't think so. Uh, but Krohn is fifth in the National League with 20 home runs, 12th in OPS at 8.99. They got to trade him now. Get a prospect or two back for him. I mean, how many times do they got to blow this? You blew it with Story. You blew it with Arenado. Go get something for CJ Krohn. How, how much higher is his value going to be between now and the end of the season? I, I can't imagine it's – or even the trade deadline in the month. It's not going to be nearly as high as it is. We're less than a month away, by the way. Another guy that stands out, Daniel Bard, the closer, sixteen saves, two hundred five ERA, one point oh one WHIP. I can see both of these guys at All Stars. If I had to pick one, I'd probably go with Crone. Uh, and a shout out to Chad Cool, who's five and five with a three eight three ERA, and inducing a ton of ground balls. So I'm kind of happy with Chad Cool. Our first half bust definitely Chris Bryant. I don't care about the injuries either, injuries or not. It took until July fifth, last night, for him to hit his first home run with the Rockies. It took him through the first week of July to finally get a home run with the Rockies, and it happened last night. All right, let's get to tonight's game. We've got uh, Mitch White, who was scratched yesterday. Mitch White's going to go. He is uh, probably going to go four or five innings, strikeout pitcher. I'm a fan of his. Jose Ureña makes the start for the Rockies. Now, he was just picked up after the Brewers gave up on him. 18 starts last year, 5.02 FIP. With Detroit, he pitched in four games this year with Milwaukee, seven and two-thirds innings. Respectable 3.92 ERA, but a 5.02 FIP. Again, so this guy fielding independent pitching, not good. Uh, And then you combine that with the Rockies' defense being as brutal as it is. This is going to be a bullpen game. I mean, Arena is not stretched out to go much more than four innings. And we know how bad this Rockies' bullpen is. Um, but I'm not going to target the Dodgers team total over because it's five and a half. And I just don't want to bet six runs and maybe a comes out in the first two innings and it goes through the order the first time through and doesn't get rocked. I think at some point in time he does, but I'd rather bet this thing down to over four and a half or even get a four again, but Mitch white going to the mound. We'll just go back to all the numbers. I told you with the Rockies on the road, let's just do it again. Rockies team total under three and a half official show play. Juice, I don't love it, minus 134, but it's the best you're going to get at Bet Rivers. You're going to get the best line at Bet Rivers because you got other places, minus 140, minus 150. So Rockies, first five, or Rockies team total, excuse me, team total under three and a half. All right, that was number three on the front range four, number four on the front range four. Let's talk some Pac 12 for a second. So I think at this point, you know, I was hoping that Colorado bolted for the Big 12. Now I think they have to. The Pac-12 is a sinking ship. I mean, what a disaster they are. And then you had, you know, Colorado and Arizona and Arizona State. They all came out, the chancellors, the ADs. Oh, we're, we are committed to staying in the Pac-12. Yeah, until you see the Big 12's offer. They're, they're, come on, give me a break. I think the most likely thing to happen is CU, Utah, and both Arizona schools skip to the Big 12, maybe two more, too. You know, those four schools, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and your Colorado Buffs have an an average annual value, which is all about the money, that is at least as good as the 12 members of the Big 12, okay? Texas and Oklahoma are going to leave in 2025. You still get the money from the schools coming in. You get the Phoenix market. You get the Denver market again, like you used to. And you, you can get Salt Lake and Utah, and that's great too, but... I mean, the Denver market and the Phoenix market, big, big markets. Big 12 going to want that. Big 12 is going to go after it. And Colorado needs to go, or I think they're going to continue to lose cachet. At least get back into the Big 12. Get a rivalry with Kansas or Kansas State or Iowa State. Do something here, Colorado. Football program stinks. Basketball program mediocre. I mean, how sexy is Colorado as an athletic department? I think the one thing that they got going for them is they're in the denver area and they got to get out of the pac-12 because the pac-12 is going to be underwater i mean the pac-12 might have colorado State in it before it's all said and done get out of there cu move on we're going to move on jared evans pro football focus my guys coming back we'll talk about javante we'll talk about tim patrick russell wilson Our Justin Jefferson bet. We're both on Justin Jefferson to win the Offensive Player of the Year. So lots to discuss with Jared. Some fantasy football, too. I love the kid. Looking forward to having him on. Next on the Denver CityCast, presented by BetRivers. Baseball is here, and BetRivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Must be 21. Must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Holden McVeighson here, and Jared Evans. PFF, Jared. Well, there's an underscore in there after the PFF. Wonderful to have you back on, Jared. It's been a while, and I know you've had a busy summer. And here we go. We're about a month away from the preseason. We finally, we're almost there, pal. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel.
1: Yeah, Holden. It's uh, it's crazy how uh, how the summer flies by, and uh, before you know it, football's here. We uh, we got some great OTA content. And uh, that's died down a little bit. But, of course, for us NFL diehards, there's always some great information to be gleaned from that.
2: Yeah, no, no question. I do want to say this. Um, I asked you to come on. I scrolled through your Twitter timeline. I saw you got Justin Jefferson, Offensive Player of the Year. You got a better line than me. You got it at 30-1. to 1. I got it at 25-1. to 1. I love this kid, too. Give us a little thought or two of why you think Justin Jefferson is going to be the Offensive Player of the Year, too.
1: Yeah, so I think anybody who has watched any Vikings games over the last two years can tell you that Justin Jefferson is one of, if not the best wide receiver in the NFL, strictly from a talent perspective. And the Vikings have had one of the most run-heavy offenses in the league the last two years. Mike Zimmer, all he wanted to do was protect the ball and play defense, and really only pass it when the offense was chasing points. And that is completely going to change under new head coach Kevin O'Connell, who was the Rams' offensive coordinator under Sean McVay. And he is going to bring a similar aggressive pass-heavy offense using three receivers. And he's talked a lot about using Justin Jefferson in a similar role to Cooper Cup, putting him in the slot, putting him outside, trying to get him into advantageous matchups. And we haven't seen Jefferson in an offense that is going to make him a priority and focal point. So, if Cooper Cup can go off for 2,000 yards and and win the Offensive Player of the Year and the the Triple Crown, I mean, why can't Justin Jefferson in a similar offense? Kirk Cousins is an an underrated quarterback. And at 30 to 1 or even 25 to 1, like I'm taking that shot 10 times out of 10.
2: No, I'm with you, buddy. I, I think that's a great look. That's what I'm on too. Uh, let's get to the Broncos. Lots going on with the Broncos. Actually, it's quiet now, but uh, we've got Russell Wilson hanging out, going different places. I'm sure everybody's gonna, you know, complain about him being a celebrity once he uh, has a bad game or two, and that's gonna be a joke. But what about Russell Wilson, the quarterback, right now? How are you feeling about Russ? How are you feeling about his connections with the receivers? I'm getting a lot of mixed signals. You know, he can't throw over the middle. He is great downfield. You know. Talk to me, strengths, weaknesses, and where are you on Russell Wilson right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you've had a chance to check out any of the Broncos' OTA content that they've posted on social media, you can just see that this is like a different Russell Wilson. He looks like genuinely happy and smiling and laughing in all these videos where he's throwing the ball to Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, handing it off to Javante Williams. This is just like a completely different skill set of uh, pass catchers and running backs than he had uh, towards the end of his Seattle era. So I think that's kind of going to really help Russ to turn back the clock to be the type of quarterback that he was, you know, when he was winning Super Bowls. Um, And these players are just just so good. And it's going to be really exciting to see Russell Wilson in an offense. With Nathaniel Hackett as the head coach who really knows what it's like to have a quarterback who he wants to throw aggressively deep downfield like Aaron Rodgers did in, in Green Bay. So I definitely think it's going to be completely different. Russ, they'll probably have a top 10 pass play rate. Um, and of course with the Seahawks, you know, they were down in the the bottom like last of the league. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's gonna be fun in Denver for sure.
2: It is. And he's already got the number one jersey selling jersey. He's the biggest story of the off season, you know, on the field, off the field. There's always stuff in the off season. Like I can't name a bigger story than Russell Wilson right now. There's so many eyes on the Broncos and it's the first time in six years. Like, are you feeling this hype now nationally around the Broncos just because of this dude?
1: I am. And, and, you know, like it worked with Matthew Stafford and the Rams last year. Now mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not saying that the Broncos are going to win the Super Bowl. But they definitely could. The, the Broncos had a similarly talented roster from, you know, from the defense to the receivers, running backs, offensive line, to, compared to what the Rams had. They were just missing the quarterback, and the Broncos are not missing the quarterback anymore with with Russ. And I definitely think you're going to see them take a big step forward. I know that AFC West is very talented and very deep, but I could definitely see them win winning the division. Their defense is really, really good.
2: Yeah, it's worth a sprinkle. I mean, you've got the Broncos, obviously the Chiefs, the Chargers. A lot of people are on the Chargers, too. Uh, let's get to Tim Patrick, a guy that I've been researching a lot uh, as of late. So we see there's a lot of different things with Patrick. First of all, the skill set is there. Um, he's kind of the third guy as far, of, as, far as top of mind awareness um, in the handicapping business and even in fantasy football, too. But... Doesn't he kind of match Russell Wilson's skill set, a guy that can run outside, a guy that's a big target in the end zone? I kind of feel like these two guys could hook up to have a pretty big season with me or against me on this one.
1: No, I'm definitely with you on on this. Tim Patrick is really, really underrated. He's really good at contested catches. And I know that that's something that Russ is good at, just like throwing the ball up. To these big guys like Patrick and Sutton, I think that's going to work really well. He's graded solidly on PFF the last two years. He's at seventy-one point two last year and seventy-four point five the the year before. And considering the quarterback play in in Denver, that is honestly much better than it than it seems. And you know when he's had targets in the past, he's done pretty well. Like he had two games with nine targets last year. And he had 89 yards and then 95 yards. So I think if if he just gets the ball and earns those targets, I think we could see a big year from him, maybe even 1,000 yards.
2: I have to talk with you about Javante if we're going to have a conversation. I I don't think Melvin – no, we haven't talked since March. So Melvin Gordon wasn't back yet. Uh, What's it going to take – and let's talk some fantasy here for a second. What's it going to take for Javante to be a top five running back in the fantasy world this year with Melvin Gordon back?
1: So that, that's interesting because Melvin is a good player. The, the coaches love him. And, you know, he, he is someone who is going to be involved in, in the offense. But to what extent, we kind of don't really know for sure. And I think that uncertainty makes Javante a strong pick in the third round because, you know, you can already see the coaches and some of the beat writers saying that Javante Williams is just running at a different speed in these OTA practices over the last couple of weeks. And the Broncos are now competing for a Super Bowl, competing to win the division. So if Javante just separates from Melvin Gordon, and then they're not going to be able to keep him off the field. They're going to feed him the football. His, his ability to break tackles is better than literally any other running back in the NFL. He broke tackles on 31% of attempts last year, which is the highest of any running back that PFF has ever seen um, since we started tracking this data in 2006. Um, The only running backs who were at that mark were uh, Nick Chubb in 2020 and Marshawn Lynch in 2014. Um, So if, if Javante is just too good, then, you know, he could be a bell cow. He could have like a Jonathan Taylor type season and, you know, everybody was worried that Marlon Mack was going to take carries away from Jonathan Taylor last year. And then look what happened. He got cut. (laughs) So I
2: think, I think the difference here, and I do think there's a difference um, you've got, a kid and Javon, they don't want to have him touch the ball 400 times like Taylor did. So I think it's going to take a Gordon injury for him to be a bell cow. let's talk this out here because we're on different sides of the fence. And I kind of like that in order. And then, then go look at Hackett's offenses too. I mean, that was AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. I think Aaron Jones clearly the better all around back, but Dylan still had his. Oof, This, that ceiling, I think it only gets hit with a Gordon injury. But you disagree on that, right? You think he could just take the job?
1: I think it's in the realm of, of possibility. I, I, I'm just building like the bull, you know, optimal mm-hmm. outcome that's that's possible for Javante. because not ev- not every running back that you get in the third round has legitimate and you know number one RB one overall upside. That just isn't possible. And then also like think about the dynamic of of running backs across the league. Like most most running backs, you know, Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Najee Harris ex- excluded are sharing duties with another guy or two in, in in some form. So I definitely think there's room for Javante to beat his ADP and be a top 10 or a top 8, top 6 running back, even if Melvin Gordon gets like 35 40% of the touches.
2: Who is another guy that you're really high on in fantasy at the running back position that you would consider taking at the top? Actually, who's your number one? And then give me another guy, too, that you're taking – mid to late first round
1: yeah so i would say i mean it's it's hard to go against jonathan taylor given his role as the number one running back even though i don't think he'll like repeat as as that uh number one guy again just because no running back has ever done that (laughs) um but you know his role is just so safe so he's he's going to be a top five guy and and you're paying for that safety but the guy that i'm on in the end of the first round of every fantasy draft is Najee Harris. i think his role has the potential to be even better than Jonathan Taylor's. Like, he has got to be the favorite to lead the league in, in touches. Mike Tomlin has come out recently and said that Najee Harris is going to be our bell cow. and We need him to, to, to feed the ball. And um, the Steelers' offense should be improved. They, they'll have better quarterback play this year. Um, their offensive line should be a little better. But touches are everything for running backs. And Najee Harris is going to get all them, and he'll be better in his second season.
2: Who do you think leads the league in rushing? Does Harris do that? Is it back to Jonathan Taylor? The, my concern with Taylor would be the the attrition rate of running back. You know, and he had four hundred touches last year. He's still pretty fresh, though. Who do you think leads the league in rushing?
1: Uh, I'm gonna go back to Derrick Henry. They they are really gonna need to run the ball so much. They don't have A.J. Brown anymore. Um, so let's 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 go with the king here and be a little contrarian.
2: Ooh, I like that. Little contrarian outfit. So um, I want to look at a couple other positions too. So we look at the tight end position. Is Kelsey still where Kelsey needs to be at fantasy? Is he still by far and away the number one? Does he still have a chance to lead the league in receiving yards given the just the the dearth of targets that are now open with Tyreek Hill leaving?
1: Yeah, I think you got to because we just don't know what Mahomes is going to do as far as target distribution goes. So if Kelsey just becomes like a target fiend like Mark Andrews was last year, um, his his talent and his offense means that you just got to go Kelsey. But Andrews is, is chomping at right at his heels.
2: He is chomping right at his heels. Any rookies you like this year?
1: Ooh, yeah. So, um, I love the receivers. I think that Christian Watson for the Packers has a real chance to emerge as Aaron Rodgers' number one receiver and you can get him extremely late in, in fantasy drafts. The Packers are, are a team that love their draft picks and they overpaid so much to go up and uh, draft Christian Watson at the top of the second round. And I think if he were picked, like, three spots earlier and technically been a first-round pick, he would have a lot more buzz and height. And um, there's no target competition in Green Bay right now. Alan Lazard is getting some hype as the wide receiver one. He's the one with the highest ADP right now. But we've we've seen him in the NFL. He's a solid number two. I don't don't think he has the speed to, to be the number one guy and demand all those targets. But Christian Watson does. So I'm excited to see him in Green Bay.
2: I'm going to go to betting here real quick because I'm trying to figure out who's going to lead the league in passing this year. And there's a lot that goes into it, right? I mean, you have to figure out, um, you know, the, the handful of guys that you think can do that. Usually you want a team, you want a quarterback where the defense is not that great unless, you know, you're Tom Brady there. So we've got guys like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Burrow, Herbert, Russ Wilson, Stafford. I mean, there's a ton of them. Have you put, before I even ask you this, have you put much thought into who could lead the league passing? And even if you haven't, who are the guys that you think are right up there?
1: Um, I actually have not made any um, passing leaders bets yet, but but I mm-hmm. love that. Um, I'm, so I'm, I'm looking at the, the leaders from last year and, and a couple names stick out. I think Derek Carr is an interesting one. I'm sure he has really, really good odds. Nine
2: to one. Nine so to here one. I'll just read them yeah. to you real quick. Herbert seven to one. Mahomes plus eight hundred. Brady eight and a half. Derek Carr is tied with Burrow and Stafford at nine to
1: one. Okay, yeah. I like uh so yeah, I like Carr. I mean the Raiders defense is not good and he's gonna have to pass the ball. He's got some really good weapons. Um I think uh Dak Prescott is kind of interesting. Um given that he's going to have a a little lower odds. And, um, you know, the the Cowboys were a team that everybody thought their offense was going to go nuts last year, and there could be a little post-height from that. And then Kirk Cousins, honestly, if Justin Jefferson has the season that we think he could have, then that's going to drag along Kirk Cousins with him, and, you know, he could pass for 5,000 yards and lead the league. What about
2: Burrow? Where are you sitting on Joe Burrow coming into year three, year away, another year away from that uh, surgery, and to me, he's got the best wide receiver core in the National Football League. What do you think?
1: Yeah, Burrow's a superstar. He was PFF's highest rated quarterback last season, higher than Tom Brady even at uh, 91.8. And he's he's a superstar. The Bengals probably have the best wide receiver trio in, in the league. Um, I think as far as, like, a, a passing yardage bet, the, the Bengals are going to have a much harder schedule this year. And um, Zach Taylor is just – a little more conservative, I think, as an offensive play caller. But we'll see. Maybe he, he turns Burrow loose. I mean, he's definitely a strong bet. I'm picking him in fantasy for sure.
2: And then Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. Kind of self-explanatory, right? I wonder if Brady's numbers come down a little bit without Godwin. Where are you on Tom Brady this uh, offseason?
1: I'm actually out on on Brady for, for fantasy this year. Um, I'm a little concerned that, you know, he doesn't have Gronk anymore. Although maybe he comes back from retirement, we'll see. But he doesn't have him as of now. Like you said, Godwin is hurt. So really he's got Mike Evans, Russell Gage, and then a bunch of really unproven receivers. Now Brady's had success with not the greatest receiver rooms in the past. But like, if Mike Evans were to suffer an injury and miss like a month or something like that, like there's just no cushion here. And Brady's getting old, and at some point, Father Todd is going to catch up with him. So even if you yeah, have been just, saying that every year yeah, for a
2: decade, Jared, been saying that every year since you were in elementary
1: school. Come uh, on, man. Oh man, I know, I know, you're right. But, <laughs> I, I, I hate to fade the goat, but uh, but yeah, I'm I'm probably staying away in, in fantasy.
2: Yeah, I'm. I, see, so here we had it last year: is Brady, Herbert, Stafford, Mahomes. There's a reason why Herbert's the favorite. And I don't see why I'm going away from him. Um, listen, Mike Williams misses time all the time. I'm hearing great things about Josh Palmer there. You've got a, a running back that catches the ball a ton in Austin Eckler. You're getting yacked there. Um, so I wonder, sh- should Herbert be the favorite is my question to you.
1: Yes, definitely. He's, he's the guy. Um, for sure. His his talent is just insane the way he can just throw that beautiful spiral fifty yards downfield. Um and you know, you went over the weapons, got a great head coach. I mean, the stars are lining up for the Chargers. My only concern is that, you know, they're the Chargers and every offseason they seem to be the darling and everybody loves them and then they find a way to screw it up. So <laughs> that's the only concern.
2: They got a better defense too. So they might not be playing as much catch up. Um, boy, seven, I mean, seven to one. Like you you brought up a nice shot and Derek Carr. I think Cousins is a really interesting one. I'm not going to bet it, but he was top 10 last year. I just can't back Kirk Cousins unless it's Justin Jefferson. Just that one guy can change everything. And then the Burrow, you made an interesting argument on Burrow about the play calling, the the schedule being a little more difficult. So I'm actually going to dig into this and I'll, talk about this uh on the show another time jared plug everything you're doing absolutely love your work and i'm pumped that we got you back on the show
1: yeah holden thanks for having me on love to come on anytime you can find me on twitter at pff underscore jared and um, all my work on uh, pff.com love it
2: absolutely love it thank you jared we're gonna wrap the show up with our buddy ian st clair play colorado what are coloradans betting on right now We'll get into some Broncos off season two. That's next on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to BetRivers.com to sign up. Must be21 must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522 4700 What a better way to wrap up a show than hang out with our buddy Ian Saint Clair. Play Colorado. PlayColorado.com. Hello, my friend. Are you still basking in your Avalanche victory? Were you one of seven trillion people at the parade? I don't think you went, actually, did you?
0: No. I don't yeah. That that I I did not go to the parade. I basked in it from my house, but uh, just what an awesome celebration. I I love the emotion from Jared Bednar. Uh, Full circle for me, watching Joe Sackick there after he walked out of that same building as the captain in 1996 after they beat the Florida Panthers. Gabriel Landeskog taking his shirt off, down in a few adult beverages, (laughs) Nazem Kadri's shirt. So, yes, I'm still basking in the win. And uh, Sakic has already started to, to bring back guys from that team. Andrew Cogliano, the first. Mm-hmm. And now they're meeting uh, – Sakic is meeting with Darcy Kemper's agent today to potentially get him signed. So, already booking and looking for the 2022-23 season.
2: Beautiful. I'm, I'm a big fan of that, man. Let's go. Let's get it going. We um... – I saw the Avalanche Red Wings uh, documentary, right? I think it was more told from a Red Wings perspective because I think that's what it was. But it really is amazing how Claude Lemieux is, and and he sits in front of a whole bunch of Red Wings fans. Like they realized he was a human being and time went by, but there's still a lot of Red Wings pissed off at that guy.
0: Oh, I hate him. Yeah. And it's the same way here with Avs fans and Darren McCarty. And I think it's, to an extent, I think Red Wings fans were told by McCarty to move on and forgive mm. Claude Lemieux. I think there's one person who hasn't, and that's Chris Draper. He hates him. I mean, they still have not met. I, I find that very interesting. And I, I the thing that bothers me about it, and I haven't watched the documentary yet, but from a Detroit perspective, it's like they just completely forgot about the cheap shot on Adam Foote prior to Claude the Muse board of Chris Draper, which is fascinating to me. They showed it. Uh, but they, they, they didn't really talk about it, right? I mean, yeah. so from that perspective, I think that's what really started it, was the cheap shot on Adam Foote. And then you get the board, and then you get the brawl at the Joe, and uh, Brendan Shanahan jumping to tackle Patrick Waugh. Just, I, but the thing of it is, and I talked about this on the video that I did with Paul Costanzo from PlayMichigan.com, is it was great hockey. It, it wasn't just the the antics, the the screaming between Mark Crawford and Scotty Bowman, the fights. It it was great hockey. I think that's what made that rivalry what it was. Is you knew when those two teams played, whoever won that series was more than likely going to go on and win the Stanley Cup. So that's what made that series, that rivalry, so special.
2: I love the violence. That's really what I mean. You got Mike Vernon, nicest guy in the world. Patrick Waugh just trying to rip his head off. You know, and all these guys had regrets all these years. Patrick is like, I shouldn't have done that to Vernon. He's a really nice guy. You know, the one thing that was interesting, though, Lemieux just won't apologize for caving Draper's face in, you know. Sometimes, to me, you just got to say you're sorry, even if you don't mean it, just yes. to let everything move on. Just I for, wish you would have done Just for
0: PR. That. And a funny story. the My first experience with the Avs-Red Wings rivalry, it was the Western Conference quarterfinals at Old McNichols in the 1998 playoffs. And it was game one, and this guy walks down, his head completely shaved, painted in an Avs logo, sits down, puts his sign up where Detroit was warming up and Detroit just started pounding the glass every time they go by him. And he gets up after they're done warming up. And I look at his sign and it said, Hey Draper, do you want another splinter sandwich?
2: <laughs> I mean, that dude really got messed up to this day. Yeah, his... I actually feel a little bad for him.
0: It, it was a brutal hit, man. It, I mean, we, you look at, I think I mentioned this to you. You look at what Evander Kane did to Nazem Kadri. Is very similar. The difference is Kadri's face didn't take the brunt of it; it was his thumb. So, I mean, it was a brutal hit. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It was a cheap shot, and I still can't believe he only got a two-game suspension for it. I, it just, but like I said, it, it just what a special rivalry, and I, I, I would love it to find a way to get back. And what better way to have a rivalry with Colorado and Detroit get rekindled than in the Stanley Cup Final? So, hopefully Steve, that. so it, hopefully Steve Iserman can get the Detroit Red Wings back. I can't believe I just said that. But hopefully Steve Iserman can get Detroit back to where Joe Sackick has it and we can get this rivalry back. I think that would be just so much fun. I mean, Dylan Larkin grew up in Detroit. He was born like a couple of months after that hit. So he, he may not fully remember it, but he probably remembers – detroit's win in the 2002 western conference finals where detroit goes on to win the stanley cup that year so we might remember that but he he's a detroit kid he's the captain now so he knows about this rivalry i i just i, I think it would be great for hockey it'd be it'd be so much fun to now add that to what the avs are gonna hopefully is a sustained run of stanley cups and stanley cup final appearances
2: yeah No question. All right, so we got that out of the way. When are we going to know what uh, we bet on last month? When are we going to know that?
0: We we got it. We got it from the state end of last week. It was a little bit lower than I thought it would be. It was around $360 So it was was a dip from April. So I I wouldn't say that that's a sign of anything. Just there's nothing to bet on. I mean, we were the NBA was still the king It was still over a hundred million. So this state loves to bet on the NBA. I think it's just a sign that there wasn't a lot to bet on. And we talked about where would uh, the NHL show up for that. And it was it was about where we thought it would be. It was the NBA and then it was baseball and then hockey. So, and it was quite a bit, it was quite a bit of a difference between baseball and hockey. Baseball had 87 million, hockey had 34 million.
2: Ooh, okay. I'm really looking forward to when we find out how many futures bets were placed in the Broncos and the rest of the NFL. My sense is we aren't going to know that. I mean, we we aren't going to know that until first month of the season, but when does that usually pick up? Next month, August, late August, mid August,
0: Yeah, I would say so. And actually, we may not know about futures because if people put their bets on the Broncos to win the Super Bowl, we won't know that until after the Super Bowl. So, that mm. that would take some time too. But I, 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 I agree with you. I I think there's going to be. I look at what Arizona just did, mm-hmm. and they were over five hundred million again for May. Which or actually for April, I believe I can't remember. Arizona is so far behind everybody else. It's like Illinois, but I look at that and I look at Colorado. I think is going to push six hundred million when football mm. season starts. It's just and now you have the interest with Russell Wilson and the Broncos for the first time since sports betting launched here. So it's going to be it's going to be very interesting. I, I I'm looking forward to it. I and not just the Broncos. I think. This this market is starting to mature. It's starting to grow. People are starting to get acclimated into what sports betting is all about, and I think you're going to see it take off even more once football season starts.
2: So you're feeling the you're feeling the surge, man. You're feeling oh, yeah. the surge.
0: I, I, it's going to be top five, top six in the country. When how much how much room
2: do we have to grow? Just a ton.
0: Oh, I I absolutely. I mean, you look at what this i mean colorado is a sports crazy state and mm-hmm. it has the avs it has the nuggets it has the broncos but then you have all these transients moving in from california and wherever else they love sports they love to watch sports and i think they're going to start figuring out betting is a great way to watch sports it adds to it it changes the way you watch sports. It changes the way you root for sports. It changes your fandom experience. But as I call it, it's wagertainment. It adds to it. And when you have money on the line and with so many people in Colorado now, yeah, I we have not hit the ceiling yet for what this market is gonna be capable of.
2: I mean, that's fascinating to me that we can get that much bigger. Cause like I said, I mean, I go to my gym and guys that never bet before, then now they're talking about during the playoffs, they're like, oh, what are we doing with the Avs tonight? What are we doing with this tonight? What are we doing with that? But you still can't bet against your favorite
0: teams, can you? Oh, I I did it last year.
2: Did you? Yeah. Well, the Broncos, yeah. not the Avalanche. You, you didn't oh, bet no. against the Avalanche. No way.
0: No, I will not. I mean, well, no. I mean, the only time – because more often than not, they're the favorite. So if you do it on a game-by-game basis, the only time to bet for the Avs – is when they get down in a game and the live money line drops, that's the only time. The, the, the live puck line is the only... Yeah. The money line or the puck line is the only time to bet the ads. There are plenty of times to bet against them. I mean, they're not going to win every game. So if you feel that there's good value in a team that they're playing, that they'll they'll pull the upset. I, I If I did it on a game-by-game basis, I absolutely would do that. But in terms of like futures... I'm with you right now. I, I'm putting money on the abs just but I'm going to wait to see if the odds adjust and they get a little more favorable before I do it.
2: Yeah, I have not put any any money down yet. That'll be more of a closer to the season thing. You know, we talked a lot about the Rockies win total at 67.5. I remember you and I did, and you just you can't stand them. It's really funny to, nope. listen, to listen to you talking about them. <laughs> the first half is done. How many Rockies games have you watched?
0: None. Wow,
2: not a you – know you want to know what I did last night? I fell asleep in the eighth inning. I watched most of last night's game. I've been watching a lot of baseball now. There's nothing else going on. So you're just checked out, man. You're not watching anything again till when? Uh, the Broncos kick off? You're done?
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm a Yankees fan. So I, I'm, what? I'm to the point now where until the Yankees actually – I mean, I'll watch them in the playoffs. I mean, they're on a roll right now, but – during the regular season, I, I'm not really into regular season baseball. It's just, it's too long. It's it, it's too boring. Let's let's get on to the playoffs. Let's, let's shrink the season down a little bit. But in terms of the Rockies, I watched uh, the Open when they played the Dodgers and the Avs went mm-hmm. to celebrate the Stanley Cup. So I watched that. I, I watched, I tried to watch opening day, but they didn't show Russell Wilson throwing out the first pitch, which was, completely worthless so I, I i've watched that and i might check them out to see how they're doing but no, i i have not watched a full rockies game
2: total bummer dude you're missing so little <laughs> right you're Truly, you're just bet the under three and a half runs again tonight just keep going back to the well i bet them under runs on the road and it seems that it, it works out every single game
0: that that's every not, single game talk about a sure bet the Rockies under three and a half runs on the road. You could do that from the start of their existence in '93 yeah. until now.
2: I'm looking good, man. I'm looking good because I did it again um, last night. I was on the mothership on Vison. We're gonna do it again today. We're gonna go back to Vison. We're gonna go do it again. You know what I just saw? I just went to MileHighReport.com. You did Broncos roster review, Tim Patrick. I just did a whole thing on Tim Patrick today. How about that? Um, yeah, he's rising. He's mojo rising, man. Yeah. Judy's falling a little bit. This dude is uh, a big target in the end zone. Russell Wilson likes throwing in the end zone. He's big on the outside. Russell Wilson likes throwing to the outside. Tell people a little bit about what you wrote on Mile High Report, because I'm I'm just looking at it right now. This is kind of cool, because you and I are on the same thing on the same day.
0: I think Tim Patrick, I've made this comparison. I made it in the story. He reminds me a lot of Rod Smith just from the fact that he will do whatever it takes to help his team. He's a complete receiver, so he doesn't just run routes. He doesn't just get open. He's not just there on third down. He's not just there in the end zone. He's there to block. He's there to help the running game get going. He's help, He's there to block for his other receivers. And he's a model of consistency. Whatever's thrown to him, he catches. So I, I think Tim Patrick is poised for a monster season. And there is a, a chart that... I didn't put this in the story, but there is a chart where it showed that in 45 percent of Russell Wilson's throws last year, the receivers in Seattle didn't get open. And then it, compare that to Denver, where more often than not, when the quarterback went back to throw, the receivers were open. Now you get now you throw that together with Russell Wilson. Tim Patrick is going to be the beneficiary of that. I think Cortland Sutton will be the beneficiary of that if Jerry Judy can stay healthy. My hope is that the reason they've held him out is so that he doesn't get lingering issues heading into training camp and then preseason. But I I just think Tim Patrick is, is a guy, he's obviously a fan favorite. He's easy to root for. He does it the right way. And I just think Tim, he and, and Russell Wilson are going to have one of those instantaneous rapports like Peyton Manning had with Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Ooh. Sanders. It's going to be like that. I, I really do think Tim Patrick is going to be one of the better receivers in the NFL this year. And it's going to surprise people. And if you do fantasy football, I would look to get Tim Patrick.
2: Just throw him in the lineups. Yep. Yep. I'm, um, I, the more I dig into him, the more I like him this year. I don't want to bail on Judy, but boy, Tim Patrick's kind of set up for a nice one. Yes, um, the the other thing was, so GQ did a shoot on Russell Wilson and Sierra. I don't know if you saw that or not. So they did a shoot. Uh, they have been in London, Morocco, and then you read some of the comments under there. And again, this is Twitter, so maybe I shouldn't take it that seriously, but You know, there's certain Broncos fans that are frustrated because he wants to be a quote unquote celebrity. And then I saw some other media members, just wait, man, just wait. They're going to blame it on this. I will say this, um, being in sports radio for this long, I have been guilty of taking little things like that and blowing them out of proportion, but I can guarantee you if he has a slow game in game one, just against Seattle, there's going to be, Oh, he wants to be a celebrity more than a quarterback. And it's going to literally make my head blow up, I think. It's just going to end up all over the place. It's
0: already making my head blow up because there are also (laughs) videos of him working out in Monaco. Like, he literally brought his shoulder pads and helmet (laughs) to work out in Monaco. Like, the guy is committed. And, yeah, he gets to travel the world. But he's with his wife, who there aren't a lot of people who are more famous than Russell Wilson. His wife is one of them. So, yeah, they're going to travel the world. This is their summer. They were just in Wimbledon. I think the coolest thing that they just did is they went to Sky, uh, Skywalker Ranch. So he was hanging out with George Lucas and Melody Hobson. I mean, and everyone's like, how do you do that and not take Nathaniel Hackett? But I, I think it's I, – I don't have a problem with it. it I mean, live your life. He still He still throws – Every single day. He works out every single day. The guy commits a million dollars to his body every year. He's he's gonna be fine. Don't worry about it.
2: He's gonna be fine. Don't worry about it. Absolutely. It's it's ridiculous. Yes. But yeah, we're all waiting for it. I'm just waiting for the first big news to come out that you know it's because he wants to be a celebrity too much. He is the biggest story in the NFL. I've been saying this for a while. He's the biggest story in the NFL uh this offseason that is on the field. I mean, off the field is still Deshaun Watson. And then you got Dan Snyder and stuff, but on the field, he's got the number one selling Jersey already.
0: Yeah. So 2002 at this point.
2: Yeah. I don't want to say the Broncos were irrelevant, but they they were were irrelevant. I don't know if they were relevant. They were trending in that direction to me, I guess, you know, after living through all those super bowls and then six, that six years, you could say irrelevant, but he hasn't played a snap, and he's just brought so much to this organization, and you just don't see that very often. I'm, I, I was trying to think through my mind: when was the last time it happened, and it might have been Peyton Manning.
0: It was Peyton Manning because yeah, I'm talking any team yeah. in the NFL. I, I, it was absolutely Tom Peyton Brady. Manning. Well, Tom I, Brady. I, I, well, I, I mean, I guess you could do, go that route because, I mean, you you flip out, uh, Jameis Winston for Tom Brady, but I I think. Tampa Bay wasn't trending the way that the Broncos were, I don't think. Um, And then you look back at 2012, yeah, they had just beaten the Pittsburgh Steelers, but then they had just gotten blown out in Foxborough against New England in the divisional round of the playoffs, and then Peyton Manning falls in their lap. And the Broncos had really been minus that that AFC championship run in 2005-2006, where they lost to Pittsburgh at home, and that's the game that they should have won. I will Uh go to my grave saying that Mike Shanahan and the Broncos should have won that game. But aside from that, they were pretty irrelevant after John Elway retired in 99 until Peyton Manning showed up in 2012. And it wasn't as bad, obviously, as the last six years, which shows a lot. It was a historic historic of ineptitude the last six years. So yeah, I think the best comparison with what Russell Wilson is doing is to Peyton Manning. And it's not just the inc- the excitement, the enthusiasm for the fans. It's what he's doing. And you mentioned this for the organization. He, he is showing them what it takes to win and get back to that level. And I think that's the most important thing right now.
2: Okay. So um, this is interesting. I'm just looking at the rest of the things going on in sports right now. And the only other thing I want to talk about is the Pac-12. <laughs> now, why do you laugh? Why are you laughing at
0: me? Because I CU should have never left the Big 12 to go to the Pac-12 in the first place. I I will never understand it, but here we are.
2: <laughs> well, basically what college football is going to have is two super conferences with 20 teams. Yep. So now you basically need a league with 20 more teams to be one of the, the third one. So you'll have the power three, right? Yep. And at this point, Colorado is just insignificant outside of the fact that they're in Denver, which is a major mar- media market. Personally, and, and they what's their rivals at this point that they play every year?
0: I, I, Utah? Exactly. No. I mean, and that feels forced to me. The only rival is Nebraska. And Nebraska. And CSU. And they don't CSU, play them. Right. But CSU is irrelevant. So now Nebraska's in the Big Ten. I, I mean, unless there's a way to get that rivalry back, no. I mean, CU football after Mel Tucker, I mean, CU, CU football has been irrelevant for, what, 25 years now?
2: Yeah, 25 years.
0: I think. So. I don't think that's going to change. fordell Stewart? <laughs> has it really
2: been that long? maybe
0: gary maybe gary barnett in the early in the early aughts
2: that's fascinating really it's been that long so it's a desirable uh school because they're in the denver market you got the two phoenix schools or the two arizona schools that get you phoenix i just think it's a no-brainer at this time get your ass over there just just leave you're not big ten doesn't want you so you can't rekindle the nebraska rivalry As a Kansas guy, I remember the Colorado rivalry. I mean, we had a good football team a few times. I think Colorado and Kansas actually finished in the top 10, maybe in 1995 together. It was a rivalry. I don't know if that really heats up or anything like that, but there's got to be something non-forced that's still in the Big 12, you know, remembering all the old rivalries, Kansas State maybe. I don't know. You tell me.
0: I I mean, the only other one was Oklahoma, and now Oklahoma is going to be going to the SEC, so – I, I, and I did see this. I don't know if you you talked about it yet, but apparently the Pac-12 and the ACC are looking to to merge and join up. I I mean, really, Colorado is going to play Clemson. I I don't. Florida State.
2: Uh, <clears throat> Florida State, really? No, I, 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 I. Basically, at this point, the NCAA just screw rivalries. Let's just worry about everything else. So the SEC will have their rivalries, yep. right? The Big Ten will have their rivalries, and then nobody else will have rivalries. Nope. You'll have UCLA, USC. They'll play, right? Mm-hmm. Colorado doesn't have anything. Nope. CSU might as well go to the Big Twelve when it's all when, uh, the Pac Twelve when it's all said and done. I actually wish that the Big Twelve would look at them if they're trying to expand to twenty teams. You know, the basketball program is middling still. I mean, I know they got to where they needed to get to last year football program, new head coach. I'd actually like to see CSU in Colorado to the big 12. And that would be a monster, monster boon for CU. Cause at least you get a, you get a conference rival and you go to a conference that is not sinking. We thought it was sinking when Oklahoma and Texas were leaving, but they bounced back strong.
0: Well, if you really wanted to, to add the rivalries, you'd throw in Wyoming and air force. and then there you go. You got your Rocky mountain. You got your Rocky mountain rivals.
2: Oh, what else anything else you want to talk about are you done up there in south dakota
0: i I, i'm just looking forward to seeing what joe sackik does with this avalanche roster I, i i love that they got andrew cogliano back you could say that he brought back a key cog to the stanley cup wheel Yeah, I just said that. But I I think Darcy Kemper, I I think Elliot Friedman said that it looks like they're going to try to get Valerie Nachushkin. I wouldn't rule out Kadri, but we'll see. I mean, the thing is, is they have close to $24 million in cap space. And when anyone talks about what the Avalanche won't be able to do, they don't mention that they have the cap space. And I get it. Nathan McKinnon has his uh, salary boosting up in a year from now. They're going to have to to brace for that, you're gonna have to brace for Kale McCarr when he wants to come get his. But they have the cap space, and I, I think as I've told you before, I, if there's ways to to circumvent the cap, Stan Kroenke has shown that he will do it, like he does with the Los Angeles Rams. So I, I'm I'm curious to see what happens. I don't think the Avalanche are gonna go away anytime soon, and they shouldn't because this is a deep team. It's a fun team, and. I think everyone's going to want to be a part of it. I think it's just a no-brainer.
2: All right, what's next on Play Colorado?
0: We'll dive into more of the numbers. We have a story coming out on how the tack, the, the promo deductions have hurt the state from the aspect of water conservation, where it hasn't been able to reach their projections in the first two years. But with the recent change to the state law in deducting state promos from that, it's going to start impacting it. So we'll have a a deep dive on that and what it means for water conservation and the numbers from sports betting, since that's one of the main reasons that sports betting was legalized in this state with Proposition Mm -hmm. DD. So we'll dive into that and and find out what this change will mean to water conservation, because it's not going away anytime soon with the problems in the West with water, with Lake Mead now dipping to... Historic low levels and that impacting Nevada, Arizona, California, Colorado with the Colorado River. So we'll 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 dive into that and and what it means for for betters and for people who don't bet.
2: I just don't want any corruption there. Just save the water, man. You know, let Vegas is screwed. Worst place to, to bet. You can't bet live in the casinos. They don't have any water. Dead bodies are showing up from Lake Mead. I don't give a damn about them. Let's just keep it nice here in Colorado, and that's. That, and I am worried about corruption in every form of the government. I'm just, you know, a bit paranoid when it comes to that. Didn't know I'd go there on a Denver city CityCast presented by Bet Rivers, but I am. You're welcome. But, um, will we know more about that too. Like, is, is everything transparent at this point?
0: Yeah, it, it just got approved. Okay. I, I, I'll have to look and see if Governor Polis has signed the bill. Uh, last I looked, that. I have I haven't seen if he signed it yet, but that got approved by the state legislature in this last legislative session. So we'll have that deep dive and and what it means for the state and for the future. Now that the the projections have haven't met what they originally thought, but there's ways to to get it back, and I think they're doing that now with the change to to promos and free bets.
2: There's no way that we're losing betting, right?
0: No. Oh, no, 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 no. I've told you this before. I I think now that states are figuring out what sports betting is doing, they're going to look at Michigan and realize, what are we doing? We need to get online casino. And Michigan did it right. They, They put them, they lumped them all together at once, released them all at once, not just sports betting, but online casino and online poker, And Michigan did it right, and I think states are going to realize as much money as they get from sports betting, betting, they're going to get even more from online casino.
2: Love it. Absolutely love it, buddy. Thank you so much for the time, Ian St. Clair, and I want to thank Jared Evans from PFF for hopping on, talking to some Broncos. Again, best bet today, Rockies under three and a half. Find that at Bet Rivers. Don't love the juice, minus 134, but I took it anyways. For Ian and Jared and our producer, Stephen, my name is Holden Kusher. Thanks for checking out the Denver City Cats presented by Bet Rivers.